Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Let's do it, man. Right, we are jingling. Great. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 70 of the Quick Resume podcast. Uh, today is a Monday. We don't usually do this on Monday, but if you're joining us live, you're joining us after the fact, probably won't matter to you because, of course, it probably won't probably won't be Monday anymore. That's fine. My name's Deck, um, and I'm joined by our, our technical producer, who sucks. He's very handsome. He's very handsome. That's true. I'm all right. And he's cracked. He's, he's cracked at Apex. I'm probably still struggling to think of the game. Yeah. He's cracked at. No, I was not. Apex. Yeah, I have been kind of cracked recently, actually. I've gone back to being a lifeline man. man. I've been super cracked. Um, but yeah, hello, I'm Tim. Back to your roots. I, yeah, I messed up a little bit with the tech. But in my fairness, I had to swap laptops. So we're doing it for a completely different laptop. So Yeah, it was bound. something's bound to go wrong with that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. We're easy breezy. Um, well, I wanted to uh, just kick the show off by... Um, just just really saying hi and thanks and I, we're not gonna, i'll just keep this short because i know these sort of segments and things are really annoying but we had like a, a lot of subscribers come by we had a lot of uh interest over the last few weeks and generally the, the streams and the, the podcasts we've done have gone quite up in late numbers over the last couple of months i've been regularly getting three numbers on our podcasts over the week now you know triple digits um and on podcast services we're getting more interest as well so thanks for hanging around we're glad you like it and i hope we'll see you a bit more and uh, you know if you do want to stop by live, uh, we'd love to have you come here. Uh, as you can tell, over the last few weeks, we've been interacting with um, with all of our friendos in the, in the chat. Um, but yeah, Tim, yeah, how's it been going, my dude? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's been going all right. Not too bad. Um, I'm just trying to think. Game brain wise, we just yeah. Hmm. What have we been playing? Hmm. Something, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> sure, really. Something happened. Uh, yeah, so we've been playing uh, uh, me as well, but I'm not going to talk for deck. But I've been playing Deathloop um, since that came out on Games Pass. Um, I think I'm, I've definitely put in less time than everybody else um, because I just, yeah, I think I just haven't really had the time, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm probably like 10, 11 hours in, I think. Uh, which is weird because it sounds like I'm further than you and I feel like I've been doing like so much exploration and so much just aimlessly wandering around and like trying to figure out little things so like, you must be going I think like I, a snail dude I, 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 I am going like a snail but I also ha- I had hit like a, a block for probably the last five seven hours of gameplay um, and I've last night I've, I overcame it and I've, I've like opened up like a plethora of new leads but i was like very much stuck for a little bit um okay. but i've since figured out you know played detective and moved on but so yeah, i find that on. funny that you <laughs> you got stuck and figured out because i think that's kind of the one thing the game does is kind of just hold your hand a little bit in terms of like figuring out these main leads it's kind of just um 
there's a, there's some stuff you have to figure out, but like I feel like a lot of it is just go to this checkpoint, do this checkpoint, and then go to this checkpoint, and then go to that checkpoint, and then go to this checkpoint. Ah, you're done. This lead can now be killed in the evening with someone else in the evening. You know, like mm. I don't really feel like which I, is I just had things that I'd missed. I just had things that I'd missed, um, oh, okay. like in in rooms and in like areas. Um, what well, I thought I'd looked hard enough, but I clearly hadn't. Um, mm. I just mm. overlooked something. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I mean, as much as I just kind of slammed on it for that, and it is one of the reasons why I'd probably bump it down a point, in my opinion from like a nine so i'd probably give it like an eight i do completely understand why they've done it that way though because uh, i mean just to appeal to like the masses and anyone playing this game you know you have to do that a little bit otherwise people will just drop off if it's too if it's too obscure and you had to read every single note to find like every single clue and then you had to remember to go back here because it didn't give you a checkpoint like i completely understand why they did it but i would have quite liked um if they did go for a little bit more of like a hitman approach where they were literally just like here's your target um you know you can here's your sandbox (laughs) you know just go you know it wasn't like a checkpoint literally dishonored though yeah exactly yeah so (laughs) they've definitely taken away from that and kind of yeah gone a little bit more down the hand heldy route but i think that's probably because they've only done a game like this once before and they didn't want to like overcomplicate it and just mess around with things too much um so i completely understand Mm. why they did it um but yeah that's kind of like uh, uh, apart from that the game is fucking it's great like i'm having so much fun with it um the, the shooting feels surprisingly fantastic for an arcane game um you know, it's it's. I do. I th- I think that the aim assist is a little bit too strong. Sometimes you could just tap LT mm-hmm. and you just snap to someone's head, bang, done. And then you tap LT, you snap to the next person's head, done. Um, it can be a bit forgiving in that regard. But then I'd rather have that than just not being able to hit bullets and like slippy aim everywhere and it just feeling a bit janky. Um, so, yeah, I've, it's interesting because I've seen I've seen a quite a, like a mixed bag about people talking about about the shooting because when I like I do this on all my first so like it's kind of a me thing like um I do this in all my first person shooter games that I like immediate I start the game I wiggle around I go into settings and I find I spend like a good ten minutes fine tuning it so it feels mm-hmm. good to me um yeah. and I did that and I felt and since I I did that like immediately and the game feels like great I've said this like on Twitter I thought I said it to you as well. Yeah. But I think the, the game feels super good to me. Um, but I've seen other people say it feels a bit sluggish. Um, it feels a bit like um, like wonky. And I think when I first booted it up and I felt it, it felt fine. But I can see why someone would say that if they just went in with the default settings. Um, yeah. So I would say to anybody who feels that way, what I did is I either go in and turn off aim acceleration entirely. I think that setting is generally rubbish in <laughs> FPS games. Um, or leave it on but whack up the acceleration to like 80 i've got it at 80 it starts at 20 so it's no wonder you feel like you're, you're pushing you know to get speed like yeah. turn it up really high yeah. um and it'll feel it'll feel so much better like it feels very smooth to me now but yeah i'm with you there yeah yeah no yeah it feels surprisingly good uh for an arcane game and in all honesty i haven't done much tweaking at all i just pretty much out of the box i did a couple of things like at the aim acceleration and stuff i didn't crank it to 80 um but right out of the box, it felt pretty good to me. Um, it didn't feel too bad. <laughs> but then I've played these games in the past, so 
a lot of people that might think it's sluggish maybe haven't played Dishonored or they didn't play Prey or anything like that. So, yeah, to them, if they're coming off Call of Duty or Apex or anything like that, it is going to feel quite sluggish. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and I'm probably not too far away from completing it. Like I said, I think I could probably get like five people in a day at the moment. Um, so, and I'm working on a couple of leads. Um, so I could probably bump that up to six or seven quite quick. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, no, it is, it is, it is really good. And one thing I've said as well is the voice acting is phenomenal in that game. Like it's some of the best I think I've played voice acting. I think the, the, the two main actors definitely have like really good chemistry, don't they? Um, I think that really, really helps. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, like I just, uh, I, I guess uh, I wanted to touch on that, but um, I also did want to talk about um, the kind of the checkpoint thing that you said. But like, with the voice acting, it, it has been great. But the, this has been the one thing that's that's really kind of disappointed me is that there there isn't all that much of it past a certain point. I've gotten to a point yeah. where I, I'm I'm not getting any more dialogue at the beginning of of missions now. Yeah, um, and I've had that for ages, um, and I'm like that sucks it was so much fun booing up and you run and hearing like the banter and the better back and forth mm. um and i'm just a bit confused because it's like i'm probably like 25 hours in and i was like were you expecting me to be done by now <laughs> like i, I don't I know so. like that's because yeah. it, it's very death loop it's so dense like yeah do you know what i mean like each map has so much density in it and so much like uh like bits you can explore i i, mm. I don't know i just feel like maybe maybe that is they just you know, they estimated that that was the amount of dialogue they needed for their average player. But um, I'm hoping when I get to a certain point, it'll kick back in again. But it feels a bit weird that the dialogue has just stopped now. Like there was no, I don't think there was a closing point. Like she wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to leave you to it now. You know, you piece of shit. And, like, yeah. There was nothing like that. It was just a regular line of dialogue. And now it stopped. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why? It's it, it's almost like they, they put them in when you boot into the missions, if you've made progress on like a lead or you've done something significant. Yeah. Whereas if you just like end a day or end a cycle and you didn't progress any leads per se, um, then yeah, I just don't think she says anything, which is which is kind of like they always expected people to be progressing i guess like steadily so you never didn't hear that um and uh yeah yeah i'm I'm guessing that's kind of what it is because i've never really had uh, a point where i've booted in and just not had dialogue Uh, and i'm guessing that's because Mm -hmm. every time i do boot in or end a day i've done something relatively significant for her to have you know something to say to cole um but yeah 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 that's right so yeah that, that's really been my only like big gripe other than that like i yeah like revisiting what you're saying about about kind of the checkpoint thing um yeah i, I don't know i haven't found it to be too much of an issue although having said that I, I i guess i can understand it um because it tends to point you to like a building right like it doesn't put the checkpoint over the item you need to find um, and then no. you kind of go into detective mode once you're in that building, and you have to you have to kind of go through that and, and figure out what's and piece some of it together. Um, I, I guess yeah, because I think there is there is options, and I have seen people say that um, ter- you can turn off like yeah. checkpoints and yeah. do like, assistive HUD, um, and people have said that that's like the best way to play the game. But you know, I, I understand that, but at the same time, like I've played 
like old school games like that and I, I just find it too difficult it takes too long to get through something mm-hmm. menial um because you know it's like we talked about we spoke about this other week didn't we with like divinity um original uh, whatever it's called yeah. divinity you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah um wasteland is a bit like that as well um so i guess i i'm okay with going to these checkpoints and then taking my time once i'm there um yeah but i yeah i can i can understand it for sure yeah there um, is an element of that because it definitely does <laughs> i can agree that if they took that away you'd you'd find yourself having to just fine tooth comb everything like reading a note or listening to an audio log and then you, you know like sometimes you do just want to just chill game shoot stuff and just like progress right you don't need it to be some ultra like i need to think about everything i'm doing and remember everything i'm doing to the point you need like a fucking notepad next to you um yeah exactly (laughs) so like i do understand why they've done it and i think for the for the for the majority i think it was the right call but just in some situations i just kind of wish it just it was a bit less obvious what you had to do that's all um i think overall i'm pretty happy and that's why I, i literally I maybe bump it down like maybe one point a result of it i'm not like oh this would be a 10 and now it's like mm-hmm. a seven you know it's like it's a nine mm-hmm. and it's like an eight and a half or an eight um because yeah, yeah i do understand why they did it but it also it just gets to the point where when i find stuff like i find like a notepad or i find like an audio log you know i just pick it up and press b i don't read it because the game breaks it down for you and tells you where to go next anyway in that bottom left corner so it just becomes the point where you are supposed to find these things which is the only way that you find information and lore about the world you end up just not reading Mm -hmm. because the game just breaks it down for you you know your gamer brain just kicks in and you want to be efficient you just don't bother you know and i feel like that's the wasted potential sometimes yeah no i i definitely get that but i've got to say like I, i definitely do read through stuff um i i do read through stuff uh, like just to understand it a bit more um and, and like yeah it, it, it's an interesting like catch 22 isn't it like cause i think the, the system the game has to like structure your your the clues for you is really good but like like you say to some degree it can sometimes take away the um uh like the, the thoughts or the puzzle solving um yeah, behind that, it, um, because it yeah yeah, because it slots it into place for you. Um, I, I can understand it. That's not. I don't. That I don't. I wouldn't really say I found that um, because I. Lo- I think a lot of the actual de- the hard detective stuff. I would say I found most of that inside missions, where mm-hmm. like it is a bit more ambiguous and it does leave like it doesn't tell you exactly what to do. Like you go into a room, there are lasers. There's like a keypad, and you know you've got to figure out what what exactly is going on either through the environment and then you know from that you either go to a different time of the day and revisit or you have to do a particular thing in particular order so i've had things like that as well um so i think that really really works and i i guess maybe like just to outline general impressions like i I said to i said to tim um like in the first two like two or three hours that i played this game i was like this is going to be one of my favorite games i can already tell and i'm like I absolutely feel that way. This is a, Deathloop is easily in a top twenty game for me. Um, I don't think it's it's perfect um, in the same way that I think all arcane games have like a very very slight um, problem that I wish was a bit different. But to me, like all these games are nine and above. 
Um, I don't know if it's going to outdo Dishonored 1 or 2 for me yet. It's very, very close. But to me, it's somewhere between a 9 and a 10. Um, I just don't really know where it's going to fall yet. Or maybe a 9 and a 9.5, um, somewhere on that sliding scale. Um, unless the game really, you know, balls us up at the end. But I'm just, I, I love that it has all the things you like about roguelikes wrapped in an arcane skin. Um, it has that sandbox. It has those runs where you go and you just want to discover stuff or it has those runs where you want to go and just loot up mm-hmm. um or you can do a bit of both you know it's it's rela- it's a bit more relaxed because it has that loop to it rather than dishonored which is has you know that that tension which is really good but it's high risk it's like i gotta load back from a checkpoint gotta save constantly because if i fuck up this you know this attack uh then um yeah gotta do it again yeah yeah but it's good man like some of the things i've done in that game have been so much fun like in particular the car carnesis slab the throw people around one so oh, much fun. yeah yeah that is pretty cool yeah i'm i'm not really sure what my favorite slab is i think probably i do i, I quite like just the nexus one where you can just chain kills together i think i think that's it's really satisfying cool. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i think that's quite cool and i've done one where i've like done it in midair as well through like a blink um because blink one of the upgrades you can get is that you pause in midair um yeah. so i've done that before and then like executed and then like thrown down like a nexus like on a group of people and like shot them in midair and it was pretty fucking badass um yeah it's very cool yeah so it is really cool um and uh yeah that that wind one is is pretty it's pretty it's pretty hilarious the stuff you can do with it because what- it's pretty great once you figure out how to use it, because like I was really confused at first, like the controls for it, but you you've got to hold it on someone, and then there's like an imaginary circle around the person, and then where you push the stick to is where they get thrown. Mm-hmm. Um, like so, if you pull them down, you, they'll, you'll bring them towards you. If you do it without any direction, it's a pushback. But then everything else, you can control the direction how you want. Because um, I've got most of the slab upgrades now. Uh, I'm, I'm missing one for Nexus and three from Fugue, which is the new one. I haven't used that yet. Um, yeah. So, like, I pretty much go into every mission with a different loadout of slabs. Like Nexus and Carnessus is so fun because you can, you can, um, uh, what's it called? You can like link people together, yeah. and then if you Carnessus one of them, they all fucking fly, mate. Yeah. Or you can do, the, you know, the blink with the sonic boom kick. Do, do you have that one? That <laughs> upgrade? No, I haven't got the sonic boom kick one yet. No. Oh, sorry, I was trying to spoil it a bit, yeah. but wow, it's dude. um sorry it, it's the shift the yeah you know uh mm-hmm. but if you click the right stick instead of letting go you do like a really big kick and you can kick people miles so you can do the same thing with nexus link loads of people and kick six people at once off the cliff like just things like that just really well thought through it just works kind of thing with the sandbox yeah um yeah like even like ha- like the havoc slab as well i was like oh that's kind of boring and then i used it and i got all the upgrades i paired it with nexus and i was like I'm a machine <laughs> yeah. because, you know, it just, it like just makes you stronger. You know, you, you, you take, uh, your focus gets, no, your health damage gets converted into the focus or wherever the matter, wherever it is. Um, yeah, but, um, I'm finding it really, really good. You know, the added, like the spice up of having the Juliana invades, being able to invade your friends as well. Um, yeah, I think cool. this is great. Yeah. And the mystery is really compelling. Um, I think the mystery is really compelling. Um, yeah, what is exactly, what is exactly going on here? Um, and I, th- I do feel like every time I go out and I read a bit more, I piece a bit more together. 
um in a way that's just it's just told really well um i don't think it feels quite as organic as a loop game as something like outer outer wilds does but just because it kind of feels like it's not bad but it, it kind of feels like there's 16 levels that have been well stitched together does that make sense because there's four locations at four different times um yeah and it yeah. still feels good because it's, it is organic you know like you can go in the morning and see something in one place and then you go there in the afternoon and that thing's been moved hmm. like i think on um in up down the cannon gets moved um so there's lots of organic storytelling of how the things progress through the day but it's more that once you're in that place time freezes hmm. um which is which is fine. Whereas Outer Wilds is like the world's on a twenty, the whole thing is on a twenty-three limit minute loop. Yeah. So it's, you can have these just different moments where you've got to get somewhere by minute sixteen and get loads of things done before that. So you kind of miss out on that. But you know, at the same, mm. what this this way does, it opens up time to explore, experiment. Exactly. You know, have the combat, be invaded. So that all works just fine. Um, but yeah, I've been speaking long enough. But overall, um, I think I think Deathloop is absolutely fantastic. I'm, I'm glad I managed to hold off on spoilers and we finally got it through on game pass um mm -hmm. i think it's a really brilliant game and arcane continues to be my favorite dev honestly these are very deck games i said said this before yeah these are very much my favorite types of games um i, I think it's fantastic yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah i'm in complete agreement um yeah i think it's an insane game um i'm having loads of fun with it um and yeah i'm looking forward to hopping back on and playing it um this evening after work so so yeah awesome the one final thing I will add before we move on, because it's less to do with the game and more to do with accessibility. Uh, they, they added a load of accessibility options um, with this update. Um, and one of them was uh, like auto aim. So once you hold LT on someone, you know, your, your crosshair just tracks them. Yeah. And I, I, was on, I, was, I, was, I was on my honeymoon this weekend, really. And uh, my wife went to sleep. We, you know, we got back after a busy day. She was in bed at 11 and I, I wasn't tired yet. So I booted up Deathloop on, uh, my phone uh, with my little Razer Kishi. And I was like, well, I'm just to see how this works. Obviously, on like Airbnb Wi-Fi, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, and it was it was pretty damn good. Obviously, there was input delay, but I was just like, what can I do here to play the game, and, you know, in a way that works for cloud? And I just turned on the auto-aim thing um, and played around it. And it worked absolutely fine. I was really impressed. Like, I, I managed to play for like two hours. Obviously, I was like, I went in single-player mode, so I didn't get any actual invade or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um but it was it was very playable, um, and I just right. had two hours where I did combat light stuff and, and played the game, and I could do it fine. I just, yeah, I think it, it's interesting because I never thought about that being a way to make like uh, input reliant games accessible via cloud. Does that, yeah. does that make sense? Yeah, to have the snap on aim. Yeah, no, oh, yeah, makes yeah, sense. just things yeah. like that, silly things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, super good. Uh, yeah, but that's fine. Nice. Um, so I hope everyone else out there is enjoying Deathloop as much as we are. Um, you know, hopefully, like we said with the shooting, I hope this bodes well for Redfall because, um, you know, everybody was confused about Deathloop up until the last moment and then it got Game of the Year nominations. And I think Redfall is getting, you know, is a bit mixed um, reception at the moment. So I've got mm. faith that they'll be able to pull it off because the loop is quite good as well. I think it's very tight and concise in yeah. Deathloop. Yeah, I quite like um, the loot. It's pretty wacky, but quite sort of self-contained at the same time. And it's, it, it's yeah, it's, it's it's pretty good, man. Yeah. Hmm. Actually, have you got the legendary like weapons? Uh, I've got a couple. I think I have like one legendary, but I haven't really stacked up too mm. much on that sort of stuff. I'm still mainly dealing with purples. Um, 
Gotta go but yeah, no, they're all like they're all very very interesting and very unique. Um, especially the ones mm. that are dropped like specific from the people you kill as well, which are quite cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Well, because because the legendaries have their own like quest. So you, once you hear about it, or you know, it'll pop up and you, oh, okay. you can do it. Um, yeah, I think I do have a but, couple, but I just haven't done them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So I think that bodes well for Redfall. But yeah, um, you know, uh, more to come. Hopefully, hopefully um, by the end of the year, you know, come Game Awards, we hear a bit more about Redfall. Um, I, I think, yeah, this, this just bodes well f- for me. Um, if it's an expanded sort of, even though it's the other arcane team, if it's an expanded loot system like what they've done, I think, I think that looks good. Like it's surprisingly good, considering they haven't done anything like that before. Agreed. Oh, all right, man. Great. So um, I wanted to start by uh, just quickly glossing over the top of the, the GTA 6 leaks. Um, we, we, very, like, we touched on it as it was happening last week, um, but there's been a bit of a fallout you know, since then. Um, and it was a UK guy, like 16 or 17 year old guy who got arrested. Um, you know, well, hey, what a patriot. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> But it's, uh, I'm joking, of course, but like, you know, a lot of, there was a lot of um, kind of sadness really expressed for the team over at Rockstar um, because it was a massive league. Um, and yeah. I think the interesting takeaway here is that a lot of people who, let's face it, probably haven't left their home in quite a long time, immediately saw these leagues and were like, oh, it looks like shit. This mm. looks awful. Yeah. leak it looks awful though <laughs> to be fair do you know what I mean it's like if I was making a cake and I was halfway through it and the ingredients were all over the place and they're like that doesn't yeah. that doesn't look like a cake yeah they're like that's just a bunch of raw eggs in a bowl it's the worst cake I've ever seen ah <laughs> oh, you got me you got me like oh yeah. fucking hell I forgot how cakes worked for a second um <laughs> and this is kind of the interesting thing that it's like and it's it's not trying to sound like it's a toxic positivity thing, but like speculating positively is kind of fine. Like if you say, oh, this looks good. I'm hopeful that this is, um, you know, this looks like it could be GTA, but it's new or, you know, I look at the, but if you speculate nev- negatively, it kind of turned into misinformation. Expectations are out of whack. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. If, if you're speculating about something in a in a bad way, it, it becomes kind of misinformation. I, I just thought it was interesting because obviously those are the opinions that got propelled, the ones where people were like, well, oh, you know, this looks really bad. Um, but it, it's more because it's, spe- like, because it's speculation, it's damaging. And someone, people might argue that positive speculation can create hype where it isn't due. But that's kind of fun. I because I think people have a built-in, you know, little angel in their head that allows them to be skeptical of yeah. positivity. But but when people are speculating in a really horrible way, obviously that's why that's it's, the main problem is that the devs probably feel like shit because a lot of people have taken to seeing this stuff and been like, oh, well, it's uh, look at those eggs, look at those eggs in the bowl. But yeah, it's yeah, um, it's. I mean, negativity spreads, right? Uh, it's certainly faster than positivity. Um, but yeah, I always, yeah, I completely agree. I feel like, especially based on on what they did with GTA Five, which was just a ridiculous hit, right? It was such a fantastic game. You know, you should be able to look at these leaks and be hopeful and be positive and be like, you know, 
I'm sure this will head in the direction that we all want it, you know, based on their past experiences, mm-hmm. right? But people just get negative so quickly um, off something based yeah. so early. And it's like, I would always give the benefit of the doubt to the devs that have made excellent games in the past, you know, with these early leagues. That's it. But people just don't do that. People are just toxic. So that's it. That's it. And like, it, it, there is a really simple principle that I would encourage everyone to follow. And it, it's, it's called Occam's Razor. Occam's Razor is essentially the principle that you should go with the, uh, go go with the process that assumes the least. You know, you have to assume the least. And when you're looking at a game, which is like two or three years, maybe two years out of release, you have to make a lot of assumptions that the game's going to look like that or look bad when it's finished, don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, really, you look at Rockstar's track record, you know, they made like one of the best-selling, if not the best-selling game of all time, you know, uh, they just made Red Dead 2 well, just, you know, however many years ago that was, and that was a, a hyper successful as well. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just weird. I, I guess maybe people are just burnt on kind of the AAA industry a little bit, but um, it reminds me of, uh, I was speaking to one of our, our friends, Tim. He's uh, the one who uh, says really silly things sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's probably all of them, but, yeah, but I the, know the one. Mean. Yeah, I know you mean. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, um, he was we were talking about he was saying how nothing's coming out this year um the other day okay. uh, and i said obviously i'm the back half the year well in the next you know three or four months actually it's starting to ramp up a bit and he was like oh you know what what's coming out and i said just for example like death loop will be coming mm-hmm. out and uh i said um overwatch 2 what's the Foraxis game yeah overwatch 2 but i, I uh, midnight suns is the one i dropped in particular. oh yeah so midnight suns and he was like, oh, yeah, but they both, they're both like garbage, aren't they? And I was like, what? It's just, it's just very weird to me that, that people like are so hasty with those sorts of judgment calls about games. Yeah. Like, I was like, Midnight Suns, and people don't have to be as, as like knowledgeable as we do, you know, and, and crawl through the shit. But like Midnight Suns is made by Firaxis who have never made a bad game. All the XCOMs are good. Likewise, Deathloop is made by Arcane. Deathloop's already been out for a year and it's already been nominated for Game of the Year. Like, like how does this happen? How, how does this, yeah. like, somebody see these things and be like, yeah, it's just, that's just garbage, isn't it? Yeah, I just, it's just a gamer way of thinking. Like, especially if it's not a game that immediately appeals to them. If they're a Call of Duty shooter boy or something like that and they see something <laughs> shooty, like... Shooty, Call of Duty. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And they see something like Marvel's Midnight Suns or, um, or Deathloop, instead of just being like like i am where i'm just like oh you know i don't play rts's that often but i can still appreciate that game looks pretty good you know it's not for me but i'm sure it's going to be a good game they're just like it's garbage yeah you know it's trash i think trash good game yeah exactly (laughs) and then and then and that's how this stuff spreads um just because it doesn't appeal to i mean one of our other friends is exactly like this unless it appeals to his most niche style of game that he enjoys that comes out once every like 10 years he just says every game is garbage and he just doesn't buy any games so you know that's just it's just a gamer culture man it's kind of toxic yeah it does suck because it's like (laughs) yeah but it's not something i want to get into too much now there will be a time and a place but um 
it there, there is like a group of people who are like constantly go on about how most games release that like modern games like suck and i'm like you're just looking in the wrong places or you're looking at things you you used to like but don't like anymore and that's just kind of how it is um but yeah words are important people <laughs> use the right ones yeah. <laughs> um cool um tim grounded has gone gold it's ready to be shipped it's on disc and its full release is on the 27th which is tomorrow i believe boo so, crap game that's pretty cool <laughs> nice <laughs> dead game garbage game um, tiny game yeah it is tiny you are right small game it's um, tiny. yeah that's that right <laughs> yeah man that's it's pretty exciting yeah that's that's cool um you know we've been we've been fans of of grounded we haven't put like the most time into it or anything we don't play it that often but when we do we tend to have a good time on it um you know and i can appreciate the journey it's been on throughout its development process and how they've done nothing but improve the game um so yeah you know man congrats i'm glad they've they finally got to the 1.0 and um yeah i, I think it's coming out yeah, quite a lot a of stuff as well isn't it it's, it's it's coming out like quite quite the full package so yeah that's right i mean like we've always thought about grounded as an indie title but i think on launch it's probably going to be at the standard of like a a small double a game you know what i mean like in terms of the amount of budget that's had into it and it uh, had uh in it the marketing the actual content that's going to be there on day one um yeah. it's probably equivalent to that of a double a yeah um i'd agree so yeah big big props to the team um they've been working on that for a while hopefully i can rope some people to play that again with me because i think it's i think it's really good i mean good luck I think maybe you can get one <laughs> of our friends, but I think the other two yeah. is a no-no. Uh, and you could probably get me too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, oh, there's bugs in it. I don't like it. That's true. I, <laughs> I do hate that too, man. The spiders actually give me, like, fear paralysis. That's, well, <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, that, that's, that's different. You don't like them because it's actually frightening. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the other people are just like, there's no M4A1, you know? Yeah. There's no yeah. fucking... There's no spider body pillows in this game. You know? no. um, uh, okay, and our last honourable mention uh, today is about um, Cyberpunk and the comeback Cyberpunk has had over the last week or two. Um, I don't know if you've been privy to this, Tim, but um, the Steam concurrent player counts for Cyberpunk, obviously following Edge Runners, following the anime on, on, on Netflix, has gone to an all-time high um, for for cyberpunk and not only that tim it's gone above what the concurrent play count was for witcher 3 yeah it now has a higher highest concurrent play account than witcher 3 did on steam wow that's pretty impressive um yeah i mean it sounds like edge runners was a uh, the boost it needed um because i think cyberpunk's been quite good for a while when they optimized it and they've done a lot of patches like i think it's 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 a pretty good game mm -hmm. now but i just think they struggled to get people back on just because of how long it took um so i think this was mm -hmm. probably you know i don't know if this was discussed like in, in uh, you know uh, the big board table with all the suits but um yeah it seems like it was probably quite a good idea to to make this make this anime not only make a profitable anime that's being watched like crazy on netflix but you know to also boost a resurgence in the game as well um very smart if if that's what they intended yeah. it's very smart like yeah <laughs> yeah that's right the suits are just around the desk yeah. like oh 
fuck. I, didn't, I, I, didn't, I just wanted money. Like, I yeah. just wanted a second yacht. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I think I told you as well, like even I was compelled to boot up a new campaign just as with a different like story path and just like get in the world again just for a couple of hours. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it does have that vibe. And I think really the takeaway story here is all publishers are doing this is the move towards transmedia mm. you know ips sharing different media platforms uh, we're seeing it all over the place aren't we halo just had a tv show which didn't have the same effect for obvious reasons the game struggling and the show was just fine but when you've got a you know a bit of media which performs really well i think it, the, uh, the tide rises and how does the expression go a rising tide is ra- ra- raises all boats. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking ra- about. High tide raises the boats. I mean, yeah, the boats float on in the water. sky <laughs> on water <laughs> in Atlantis. Right. Yeah. So, so essentially, you know, when when one thing when when a lot of things are doing well, everything does well. You know, where, yeah. uh, essentially that's the takeaway. Um, and you know, we're seeing it everywhere, aren't we? Um, not only that, we know we know Xbox is working on like a. Uh, like a a Gears of War show or TV uh, film is being put out. Sony's got all of their shit going with The Last of Us, Gran Turismo, Horizon, uh, uh, Twisted Metal, I think, as well. Borderlands is supposedly getting a movie where Kevin Hart is playing as Roland for some fucking reason. Um, Chris Pratt's playing Mario. Chris Pratt is playing Mario. Mario. Um, Yeah. This is it. This is it. Because uh, I think some people are still confused, right? That that people are trying to make media out of out of games, you know. And we keep saying it's cursed, it's cursed. But like we've started to see a bit of success. Like Witcher, you know, obviously Witcher TV series is the same as well. Uh, there's been a couple Arcane, um, but this is why because transmedia works. Yeah, Clearly, it does. Yeah. When it's done well and it's executed well, it doesn't even have to be perfect. Like Witcher, I think both seasons were like were, were fine. They were good, mm-hmm. like maybe a seven to me. But that was enough to drive interest back into the game. You know, it works. That's why. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. No, it does. I mean, it just works like just across genres as well. Like I I've been watching and finished a new anime recently. Um, and that gave me the resurgence that I needed just to play tales of arise again and i started blitzing that and mm-hmm. you know went on my road to completion before death loop which i failed um <laughs> but, uh, but yeah just you really just tried fact, though i really did yeah um just for the fact <laughs> that you know i was just watching anime and it just made me want to play a jrpg you know so yeah 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 Okay, well, we're into the, uh, the main news stories uh, for today. Um, if you've made it this far and you're on a podcast platform or you're watching us on YouTube, hi. Uh, if you could hit the like button, that'd be really awesome. Maybe consider subscribing if you're new here. You can find us both on Twitter. Um, is it here? No, it's over there. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, just uh, our handles for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with our fancy new uh, graphics. Um, that'd be awesome. Okay. Tim, it, it, it's 2013. Is it? It's 2013. It's crazy. Yo. It's crazy here. It's actually not. It's actually great. It's 2013. Times are great. (laughs) The world isn't in a pandemic. We aren't on the brink of nuclear warfare. There isn't the third global recession in the last five years. Um, Good times. Things are great. 
Robin, Robin Williams is still alive, I think. The world is a better place. However, <laughs> Xbox have decided they're going to announce their um, new console with DRM. DRM, Digital Rights Management, I think. <laughs> I hope I've got that right. Yeah, um, yeah. And the internet freaks out. The internet thinks, oh my God, I can't have my console be always connected. I, I couldn't possibly do that. The digital, the digital only future isn't the way forward. Not a chance in hell. And also, I can't have a connect or a home device. You know, that can't possibly happen. I don't want to have something in my lounge or in my house that I can speak to. No. No. So since then, DRM has been part of kind of the Xbox, um, like DNA, really. There has been a bit of uh, DRM in there, in that there are some online games, like single player games that you just couldn't play unless you went into the settings and went into offline mode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, yeah. Even like disc-based games. And that's rubbed people the wrong way. Rightfully so. You know, fair enough. That that stuff probably doesn't need to be bound to an online connection. Um, however, uh, in an update over the last few weeks, that has been dialed back. So, um, yeah. great for those people. However, weren't, weren't Xbox right? <laughs> weren't they right with what they were doing? We now have Game Pass, which you can't play unless you have an online connection. We... You know, we now have everybody has an Alexa or a Google Home in the house. Probably not everyone. A lot of people do, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I guess the world has moved forward in that way. Um, but it is kind of yeah, people were just less accepting to it back in back in the time. I think even we were to an extent. Like we, you know, it, it didn't rob us up the wrong way, but like to be online all the time to be able to play any of your stuff you know it was it was pretty annoying and i think yeah the the xbox one didn't it literally have that like quite a lot and there are a few times where um like i just had like a my internet was down or something like that and i literally just couldn't boot up my game even though the disc was in the console because it was just like we don't know if you own this game and it's just like well i do <laughs> It's here. It's in <laughs> Promise. my hands. It's my bank yeah. statement. <laughs> so like, yeah. It, it's yeah. It is kind of annoying. Um, regardless, so it's it's kind of nice that it's coming that direction now. But you know, I definitely, yeah, I definitely understand the the fear and the pushback at the time. But to me, that was only. I, I think sometimes people conflate what was so wrong with the Xbox One back in the day, and it wasn't. I don't think um, mostly the DRM. I think it was mostly come out of 500 force with a connect. That was it. That was the thing that I really had a problem with. I didn't really want the connect at the time. Yeah. Um, so paying an extra hundred to like force to pay that much. That was the real problem. The DRM mm -hmm. stuff, it bothered other people more than me. And, and not to mention that part of the kind of, of the, of the landscape that Xbox thought, was was going to um sort of develop they they were right about you know because i was thinking about this the other day like if i if i lost connection and i like, wanted to play something on game pass how would that like obviously i wouldn't be able to boot it up but like would i be able to like tether in on my phone like for a check-in like they originally visioned back mm -hmm. then because they said i remember them saying you can tether in on your phone um just to like check in and then go back offline and, and play the game pass for 24 hours like, i i don't know um mm -hmm. so 
I think that stuff needs to be streamlined a bit more and make that clearer. But I, I do think Xbox were on the money with the direction that we were going oh, in. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just were. didn't yeah. message it well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe, you know, you could argue maybe they were just trying to be a little bit too ahead of the times, you know, back in back at, mm-hmm. at, at that point of time. Uh, and it just backfired on them, which has happened to so many people, like so many companies that try to innovate too quickly. You know, you, you get pushback, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So you could you could argue that way. Xbox were too good. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> too good for their own good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Standing for Don Matrick, get him back in. <laughs> get... Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All interesting stuff. And, you know, while we're on the topic of, of hardware, um, PS5 supposedly coming from Insider Gaming, a new outlet founded, or at least co-founded by Tom Henderson, I think, um, are suggesting that the PS5 is to launch an external disk drive. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this. <laughs> plug and so you can plug in a little drive. mouse tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> so bizarre it's um weird dude what do you think like what do you think like why that why why what would you say <laughs> besides I, you know it seems utterly a pointless. brain infection it seems utterly pointless <laughs> to me um because you can't even claim like it would it does anything manufacturing wise because it will be it would be the same disk drive that's manufactured into the ps5 anyway so it's like oh we can just manufacture digital ones and then but it's just like you're still manufacturing these disk drives. You're just doing it for a plug and play. So it's the same component. Like you can't even argue it from that perspective. Um, and it just—it just seems I don't—I don't know why. Just let people choose if they want a disk drive one or a digital one. Like I really don't think that. Oh, mate, what if you want two disk drives? Can you buy one with a disk drive and then plug in a disk drive <laughs> and put in two <laughs> discs at once? What happens? Wow. I don't know. What happens? The consumption of the world, I would assume. <laughs> I could put in. I imagine like, Jim Ryan gets three inches taller. <laughs> I could put in like Modern Warfare Two into the internal disk drive, and then I could put in like well, anything else, <clears throat> like Deathloop, into the external mm-hmm. disk drive. What would happen? Do I get two disk options? Does it auto? Which one does it auto boot up? <laughs> Does it combine the games? (laughs) It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? That'd be awesome. <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> 
I think you're, I think you're, maybe that's their plan. Like maybe that's going to be the new feature, you know, like combined game, like picture in picture gaming. It just merges them together. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe it's not, maybe they've got like the news here slightly wrong. Maybe it's a, it's not a USB-C, but it's actually like a, a brain jack. You just stab it into the back of your neck. That would make more sense just... from a from a product standpoint. <laughs> yeah. <they've> done. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, like, because from a consumer angle, yeah, like this sounds so bizarre. And like, I think you might remember back in the day, like for, in the 360 gen, um, Xbox did something like this, but for like um, like movies. I can't remember. Like DVDs, was it a Blu-ray? Um, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah that's right. I think that's right um so it's not it's not there's not it's not unfounded i suppose but the idea here from what i understand from what i read um or, or what's speculated is that sony are looking at ways to kind of streamline their manufacturing process focusing on a single model going forward with the option of an additional drive uh, for those who want it um which tells me a couple of things firstly that they want to save on they want to save money on production um you know on the on the on the production line but they just increased the price of the ps5 like everywhere apart from the us so yeah was that gonna come back down or <laughs> like nah. so that sucks um the other part of this is that of the two consoles tim of the digital and the non-digital which do you think looks better uh i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm gonna take door number one which is the digital yeah and why is that because it doesn't have a tumor growing out on the side of it (laughs) (laughs) right right so this is like a really this is me speculating but i reckon they got to the end of the manufacture of the playstation 5 and were like and then got intel that Xbox were doing, were including a disk drive in their Series X. And they were like, oh, fuck. And they had to do some weird shit where they bent out the fucking... You know, it's so... To to me, it's kind of obvious that this was a digital product first, just by the physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Like, the PS5 digital was the primary product. And then they realized that Xbox had one as well, and they felt they had to make competitive, and literally just glued it on the side. Yeah. It looks horrible. Yeah, truly. So, and, and I wouldn't, that would have remained quite heavy speculation until now because, like, the, to, to me, this signals that they still feel that the digital PS5 is is the primary model that's selling, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, if you really want to just drive, just buy it separately. So mm-hmm. I think it makes sense on their end. Um, it's just kind of weird that they're not, they're still passing on costs to customers and also that, the PS5 physical was a fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it, looks it, like... it definitely seemed like an afterthought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I own one with a disk drive and it's ugly as sin. Like, I hate it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it really is not nice to look at. Um, is, it, is, it, is it loud, by the way, or is it, quite, is it very quiet? Is it the same as Series X? Uh, it's pretty quiet. I'd say it's it's louder than the Series X, but it's it's pretty damn quiet. It's no more than like a like a a whisper. Like it's but okay. It, it's it's audible where the Series X just isn't. You just don't even know if it's on or not. Right. 
Okay, cool. All right. Well, so that's happening. Apparently, you know, we'll see. It's, it's nothing's official yet, but um, we'll see. Um, next up, Tim. Uh, I, I think I meant to mention this a few weeks ago, but like, um, three four three are doing a series of Forge videos at the moment. I think they're releasing them maybe on like a biweekly basis or something like that. Um, you know, just showing off some of the features and and what's going on with it. Um, to sort of you know, I think really aid their positive pr now that there has been a confirmed staff turnaround you know essentially um and they've got the roadmap down and you know they've kind of they've laid out all the bad news so they're hoping that it's kind of just uphill from here hopefully um and as part of the uh forge they, they showed off episode two episode one was like fairly uneventful you know we, we've kind of seen most of that in leaks but episode two they showed off kind of scripting and, and bots um which looks, as you might imagine, it's very detailed. It's, it's surprisingly, I think they've done a good job with the UI and making it accessible on controller. Um, you know, you can make a map and you can use bots to test how the map plays. You can just like set a four before load of bots on the map to see, you know, what okay. is difficult, what what's not difficult. Um, and that's just like a click of a button, you know. Um, mm. That's cool. Wait, which is, yeah, it's all, it's all very cool stuff. So that's all coming along really, really well. Um, I don't have much more to add about it, but I think it's it's one of those things that Forge can't come soon enough, which is November for the Windsor update. And yes. I don't have this in the notes. I don't have this in the notes, but um, this just happened yesterday. There was a, a Halo competitive um, show, HCS, in I think Orlando yesterday um, as part of Halo 3's 15-year anniversary. Um, and they revealed a remake uh, of The Pit from Halo 3, uh, built in Forge, uh, due to come just after Forge's launch in November. Uh, looks very nice, but, you know, as always, the Halo community just hate, they hate themselves and everything around them, so. Yeah, people get really you know. triggered by that. I, I remember watching some videos from some Halo YouTubers and stuff, and they were like, yeah, we've got, like, maps coming, but, like, and, and they were just like, yeah, but these these maps coming are just, like, made in Forge. So they're, they're not real maps sort of thing and people get like really triggered by it yeah so a map's a map mate like they yeah like they're not it's a good map and it looks good yeah Yeah. well it's just it's just so bizarre to me because this conversation three months ago everybody was saying prioritize forge so that you and the community can ramp up maps and game modes and get it into the game and now they're doing that and they're like oh, i don't really want forge maps it's like oh it's just impossible it's yeah. just impossible <laughs> yeah um, it's a little bit yeah but it's almost like maybe they do want forge maps but just you know made by the community rather than made by you know like they finish forge the community makes these maps and then i don't know there's some way to green light them into the game or whatever but like they still want 343 to make proper mats from the ground up oh yeah using forge that like i think that's their ideal I'm, well I'm... yes no i get that but like i think it should be fairly obvious at this point that three for three are struggling with content output and the technical debt that they've got so yeah creating you know do you want resources put towards a lot of resources put towards a dev made map and not much else or do you want a small amount of resources put towards a forge made map and then a lot can be put into other stuff mm. um you know a lot of other important stuff like the you know the community still talks about desync and um other content you know like weapons or uh equipment etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah, yeah. what well, one of those things man um 
Yes. But we'll have to wait and see. Most important news this week, Tim. What colours the button on your Xbox controller now? Oh yeah, I meant to send a, I meant to send a picture. You asked for a picture, didn't you? On Twitter. Um I did, yeah. Uh sorry. It's green. That's right. I it's green. What type of green? Like Xbox oh. green or like khaki green? Oh, I got like a hair in my mouth, sorry. Um That's well, right. I hate this. Um, I I've got like a it's like a kind of like a dark like a neon green, but a little bit darker, just like slightly darker. Very than like nice a neon green. It's nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What about you? I mean, it's easily the most hype thing we've spoken about across the seventy episodes of the podcast. Like, yeah. Oh, let's go. Starfield, nah. Deathloop, nah. Yeah. Bethesda, uh, Activision Blizzard's acquisition, nah. nah. LEDs, mate. Pre- pretty colours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah RGB. Oh, RGB LEDs. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a cool uh, little. Got... It's a cool little update, though. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nice, isn't it? Um, I've got a cool ice. I've got a cool ice blue. That did one of my nice profiles. When I oh yeah, you can change you change it per profile, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I have to admit that is yeah, cool. It's, it's pretty cute. Because I've got a um, I've got a profile for like general use, but I've got a separate profile for, for Rocket League, um, which I've got orange for because you know you could be an orange team. It's just very nice. Um, so it, it's actually quite nice because it's well, I can't have both, can I? You can have two, and I've already got blue. <laughs> well, I just change between them depending yeah. on what team. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. Change my smart lights as well. Yeah, well. I'll bear that in mind. But I found it's actually been quite helpful because sometimes I can't immediately tell what profile I'm on because, you know, there are three dots. Yeah. It's like a lot easier to just at a glance see the the color change on it. Um, But yeah, it's just super cute, super nice. Um, And it's it's always been in the Series 2 and you've been able to do it. If you plug the controller into Steam, you could always do that. Uh, Mm. I I think we might even have spoken about it on the podcast. Like, Like, if we go back far enough, I think you'd probably be able to find us Really? Being like, oh, why can't we do this on our Xbox? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. Um, there we go. Wish granted. Um, the uh, the series, the the, mm, the Elite Series 2 controller core came out uh, this week as well. The, the one that's in white and it comes without all of the, the bells and whistles that you can buy separately. Um, there's a, there's a, revamp, a revamp of the library on your dashboard. And there's uh, options for default uh, install options. Uh, you can, for, from from memory, I don't have the, the full details up in front of me, but you can um, you can like default some games to certain hard drive, uh, uh, oh, whether it's external yeah. or internal. So you, you could have Series X and S games default to internal, yeah, or default that. to yeah. HDD. Yeah. Um, again, nice little feature. Yeah. Very nice. All right, we spoke about this in our in our last episode, Tim. Um, no, we didn't, or did we? I can't remember. We spoke we spoke about this before, um, but the idea of like a handheld and Logitech. Oh yeah, yeah. And announced a uh, I think it's an Android powered system that can run apps, and it's partnering with Xbox to have Game Pass as part of that. Mm. Um, you've heard about this, yeah? I think I caught wind of it, yeah, but I haven't looked mm. into it extensively. No. Mm-mm. so uh yes so it, 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 it i think i'm 
to, to, based on what I've got in front of me, I'm pretty sure it's an Android-based um, handheld um, that is... Uh, the selling point is that it's a cloud handheld. I, I think it's even called Logitech G Cloud or something like that. Okay. It's not it's not the best name I've ever heard, but that's fine. Um, and so just to read you a couple of the features. Uh, seven inch, hooray, full HD 1080p touchscreen, 12 plus hour battery life, lightweight portability, um, integration with Xbox Cloud Gaming, NVIDIA, GeForce Now, um, and more cloud services through the Google Play, uh, the, the Google Play Store. Okay. There's one big wrinkle here, Tim. Like the same, same sort of wrinkle I get around my belly button. That's it. When price. I'm like, when I'm, uh, when I'm sat down. It's the price. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> yeah, you always talk about that wrinkle in your belly button, and it's always to do with price. Yeah. It's it's always price, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's a problem, and probably you should get that checked. Um, yeah, three three hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, it's weird because I put three hundred in the thumbnail because that's what it said on the store, or maybe that's because we're in the UK. Either way, it's between three hundred three hundred and forty nine dollars. Which holy shit, that's way too much for something like this. Very expensive. We're looking at like two hundred and fifty quid, like yeah. two hundred fifty quid at least. Yeah, that's mental. Um, yeah, considering it's essentially just like it's kind of just like a second phone, right? It's like if you don't want to use your phone to do this, you know, you can you can buy this and carry it with your phone. It's like a second phone, uh, and it's got Xbox integration. It's not native, but it's got it's got Games Pass integration and stuff. Yeah, two hundred fifty mm-hmm. quid is ridiculous for something like this. Yeah, yeah, it's just. I really like, I, we spoke about this, didn't we? We spoke about the idea of like Xbox doing like a native handheld, mm. like for expensive money or like a cloud handheld for a lot cheaper. But this doesn't seem to scratch either of those itches. No. Like it's not cheap enough for me to, because like, I, I, the thing is, I like the idea of something like this. I like the form fact. I like a like the switch form factor mm-hmm. um, with like a really good Wi-Fi chip, you know, good battery life, you know, things. So maybe like an improvement on the switch in those areas. Um, but it streams via cloud um, and, you know, streaming has its own drawbacks, but generally I think it's getting to a place which, which is pretty good, but man, not for that much money. Um, like, yeah. That's Series S money, but Steam Deck money. Yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no being around the bush. For for, for what that is, it's, it's way too much money. Um, you, you, you got to compete with these things and if you're not doing it native like steam deck and switch do uh, you you, you got to beat them on a, on a price point and convenience um yeah yeah i, I it, it's just got like they can't have been ignorant to that i i guess either they underestimated maybe the market overlap between their device and the steam deck or they've got an angle here which they're not marketing well yeah, maybe. like is it hyper? Like, like a lot of a lot of people don't think the Steam Deck is particularly portable. Like, it's very big and very heavy. Yeah, like obviously this is very lightweight and very small. Um, yeah, and maybe they need to lean into that more. So, yeah, I, I I am in favor of a of a cloud device, but yeah, just not for this much, not for this much money. I can't see. Apparently, it sold out immediately. Um, 
Okay. So I think I think there is a market for this sort of stuff, but uh, you know, I'd be interested to see the tail um, when it restocks. Like, because the enthusiasts, of course, are going to gobble this up. Like people who have yeah. lots of disposable income and love Xbox are going to gobble these up. You know, early adopters. Yeah, I don't oh, think cool. that's it. That means much. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, we'll see how it does. I think it's interesting. Um. Have you have you given? Because you mentioned that you tried cloud the other the other week. Did, am I remembering that right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I played a little bit of Octopath Traveler on it. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was okay? I have, it was okay. Yeah, I had some screen wipe issues <laughs> with some weak Wi-Fi and stuff like that. Um, mm. But like for the most part, it was fine. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely one of those people yeah. I haven't extensively actually used cloud that much. Um, but I might start mm. to. Um, you know, and and I was very tempted in um, investing in a Razer Kishi and stuff like that. So, mm. um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely something I might dip into more. Um, and yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there is a market for it out there. I just don't think it's the right price point. Um, and I'm someone that has a fair amount of um, disposable income that I can put on this sort of stuff. You know, I do buy a lot of a lot of tech gadgets and a lot of games and stuff like that and um i no i wouldn't bat an eyelid at this for that price to be honest yeah that's the problem um i wanted to tell you something tim it's a bit off uh it's a bit off topic it's got nothing to do with xbox um i saw a massive jellyfish this weekend yo that's pretty cool a massive jellyfish how big are we um, talking oh, i'm no give me it wasn't um if i had to guess its head was like this big yeah there's a big head big yeah. dome on this that's jellyfish like a, that's, like a, <laughs> that's like a 15 inch head on the on the welsh coast yeah. yeah and i well i was just uh because me and my wife were just in like the shallow bit of the sea you know having a good time frolicking around nice and nice and sunny oh, and i saw this shadowy figure underwater and we were like what's that is that like a, a bag or i was like that's a fucking that's a, that's a big jellyfish <laughs> like rugby tackled her out of the way yeah. uh, <laughs> please don't get stung please don't get stung yeah. um i've heard they're like excruciating and the stings from jellyfish yeah and obviously it depends on the type as well i don't think we have anything too bad here in the in the uk but it really reminded me that i have a primal fear of <laughs> the unidentifiable shapes below the water yeah yeah what's that called it's like yeah it's like the a fear of something like beneath you um it's, it's, yeah, yeah. So i don't know if it's specific to the ocean but yeah it's it's called something um but yeah i definitely have that too it's awful whenever i get into yeah, a swimming it pool, does... i'm one of those guys so i'm like they what if there was a shark in here and then like, i always <laughs> check underwater and i'm like yeah, it's completely unrealistic. So it just spawns yeah. in like Minecraft stuff. Yeah. What if just for fun someone dumps a shark in this swim in this chlorine swimming pool? Yeah. I mean the shark would probably instantly die. It would inhale. Yeah, it would just shrivel up. Yeah. <laughs> I win against that shark. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, it's really bothering shit, me. Man. You mentioned you mentioned I mean, fucking... don't worry about it man it's fine you don't have to know every disease of the brain 
Oh, <laughs> I know it as well. It's really annoying. <laughs> oh God, come I on. Find it. No, drop Hang it. I'm just going to type. I'm, I'm just going to type phobia and see if it comes up. No, okay. I didn't. Because I'm even subscribed to the subreddit of it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, anyway, okay, I'll let it go for now. For now, you're lucky. Yeah. You will get All a message you. later. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's what scared me. Because I think, like, you always talk about spiders. Like, that's your primal fear, right? I hate spiders, yeah. That's like, it, like, it activates lizard brain. Mm-hmm. Like, for sure. Yeah, it activates flight immediately. I just run. Yeah, yeah, yeah just no, exactly. Hmm. All right. Well, we've got uh, the title of the video, right? Yeah. Is about. Satya Nadella being very cheeky. He's a very cheeky boy, that one. <laughs> um, but we're, we're going to save that till last because there's a couple of other smaller bits I want to mop up. God, am I a tease. I'm such a tease, I am. You are. You really are. Um, I'll tell you what, if anybody's still here watching YouTube, um, I wanted to let, I should have asked at the beginning, but uh, I want to get your opinion on uh, how the screen looks right now. Hi. With the, with the whole bubble thing behind us. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, it's quite cool. Oh, like it's nice. It. I've had it. I've had it. Yeah. I tried to uh I tried to get like a green, something green, you know, to signify Xbox, but I couldn't got, do like, that. A so vibe background. You know, like one of those like, I, cities I, that like yeah. people like walking around, like I did try a surprisingly difficult thing to find just free dynamic you know, like looping videos. Um yeah. Or short MP4s. Like I had some like pixel art ones with the sun going up and going down, which was quite nice. But then that just didn't work because I tested it on my OBS. Um, but you know, I'll keep looking. I'll see what happens. Um. All right. Gears of War has been trademarked. Has been re-trademarked. Has been no. It's been trademarked in a different area this week, and that different area is board games, card games, and tabletop games. Sus. That is kind of weird. Xbox is very sus at the moment, just in general. <laughs> They're sussy backers, dude. <laughs> so, I mean, a trademark for board games, card games, and tabletop games. I mean... It works. I could definitely see that universe being translated into that, yes. those things. Um, Agreed. So, I mean, I'm not upset about it. Sounds pretty cool. Are you not? I am. I'm raging. Well, I'm upset about everything. Be- I'm Why? angry at all games, uh, every game. Oh, he's the stereotypical gamer. Oh, no. Ah, oh, you got me. Oh, no. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spot on impersonation <laughs> not enough death threats no anyway yeah I, I reckon I reckon Gears of War Monopoly uh, do you? I don't <laughs> Gears of War Monopoly you have other board games than that dude you know there's like a really cool like uh, Dark Souls board game that's like kind of similar no, to I didn't, D&D I didn't know and like Devil May Cry have them as well and stuff like that like, you could just do that with Gears. You don't need to make fucking Monopoly. Why not? <laughs> if you think about it, Gears of War is all about capitalism, you know? 
um, because the uh, the compulsion is that what it, what's it called? Oh, <laughs> it's called compulsion. What's the what's the goopy cum called? Emulsion of four. It's not compulsion, or whatever you call it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I called it compulsion. Um, Gross. Yeah, it wasn't that man-made, and therefore it was a for-profit company, and therefore, therefore we have a lot to learn. Yeah, through a Gears of War monopoly. I landed on the emulsion power supply station. I'll buy it for two hundred kronens. Thank you. Oh no, a locust yeah. attack. Minus 200 kronens. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. You've passed go. Better turn into a locust. What would jail Battered be? around by a berserker. Yeah. Jail? Um, it'd be the snatchers. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. it's gonna be Gears Warm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the jail moves around you know maybe the snatcher moves around yeah so obviously i'm being a dork but yeah like it makes sense to have something different here yeah i reckon a D thing would totally work um i remember oh, or maybe you know maybe if we move past the tabletop thing because of what top trumps it's super lame top trumps like, aren't you know, a thing anymore top trumps is so they are they're kind of dying you out, don't need Nah, as someone who has been spending a lot of time in baby shops, let me tell you, Top Trumps are thriving, flourishing. We just know the stonk market for Top Trump. Trump. <laughs> I have st- I have stonks in Top Trumps. No, I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, it's doing whatever, but they are still around. Um, they just people get them for presents for kids and stuff, you know, before they have yeah. phones. So, like, I think there's still a big market for it. Yeah. Which, to be fair, is just made like an 18 plus game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck, dude. It's a fair point. <laughs> it's a fair point. Cute little cartoony. Um, like, oh. Like yeah. Yeah. Like Gears Pop. Yeah. That game died. Yeah. That's sad. Weird that. I, I, I just thought that was cool. Said. But... Why not? Doesn't deserve a salute. And neither does Top Trump's figures or. War. <sighs> okay, that's fine. Do you know what? Maybe I, I've actually just had a, a realisation. I'm willing to put money on what, what this is, and I think it's an arcade game. You think it's going to be like Halo a, has one. Shoot them up. Oh, you mean like a Spartan Assault? Halo has. Halo has Fireteam Raven. No, like the like arcade, like physical arcade. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've played that, actually. Got an arcade. Oh yeah? Oh nice. Any good? It's alright. It's fun. Shoot shoot me. Shoot shoot me. It's nice to shoot runs. It's no house of the dead. (laughs) Nah, nah. It's no it's no time crisis. Let's be real. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Goated. Um (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Uh they're clearly interested in jamming arcade games uh, and uh, car, it's like card game doesn't make sense really tabletop game does trading card game doesn't unless it's top trumps which you know it won't be <laughs> yeah there's not enough so, kind of going on to make like a whole like magic the gathering Yu-Gi-Oh! gears of war game is a card game exactly um, yeah. yeah doesn't really make sense <clears throat> 
All right. Uh, next up, Tim, we've got a bit more information from Certain Affinity. Um, I, uh, the president of Certain Affinity, um, who I believe is Max uh, Huberman, maybe. Can't remember. I think I'm right. Sorry if I'm not. Um, but and having said that, he might just be the lead rather than the president. So, you know, scratch that entirely. The president of Concern Affinity spoke about the project that they're working on at the moment. And obviously, we know it's public that they're working with 343. The speculation, the inside knowledge is they're working on Tatanka, Hell of Infinite's Battle Royale type thing. Um, and the recent information there suggests that it's a mix of objective-based gameplay and classic Battle Royale. Um, that there are many like objectives that you would find in arena across the map to minimize randomness. So you compete for the objectives to get points and then buy guns with those points. Okay. That's kind of the idea from what's, what's now understood. Sweet. So on top of that, this is what they've recently said. They said that the biggest thing we're doing that's public right now for more than two years, we've been working on Halo Infinite doing something that, uh, well, we're very uh, they're very prescriptive about what we can say. We're doing something unannounced uh, and we're doing lean development on that unannounced thing from conception and design. We can assume that this is Tatanka. Yeah. It's something big and new for the franchise, but I can't say any more about it. That's our single largest project of our three projects currently. And we have close to 100 developers working on that. Service Infinity is about... 400 um in size 400 people in size um 100 of them dedicated to tanker presumably and you might remember that they're also working on a monster hunter like called suerte courtesy mm. of jess cordon over at windows central project suerte um i like this studio i like certain affinity um yeah. i'm surprised we haven't heard more about tanker though uh, yeah, I mean, I think they're just too busy putting out fires, if I'm honest, um, than to to start teasing this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, maybe. You know, like I just I just don't know how well that will go. I I know it's content and it's new things, and we'd be like, oh, this is really cool. But I just don't think that it would go down well if they just started dropping news about all this when they should be fixing their base game and how that functions. You know, especially yeah. with desync and all that still being an issue with just the core fu fundamentals of the game. If they were to just be like, oh, we've been working with Battle Royale for like this, mate, I think it would get some pretty bad community backlash. Um, as yeah. as everything does with Halo. If they were literally like, everyone gets £200, no. just wired to their bank account, they'll just be like, yeah, something, something's up here. Don't trust this. £200 for what? Yeah. Huh? To keep yeah. my lips shut. Plus, yeah. <laughs> plus, it's not even enough. Yeah. I need three hundred to keep my lips shut. Even if I was going to accept it, which I won't. Yeah. So it's just, it's just shit. Just gets met with such negativity. So I think that's why it's been so quiet. Um, yeah, and I reckon it might be we've spoken. Uh, you know, oh, everyone has. It's not, it's not special opinion at this point, but that they kind of want to have a soft relaunch. Um, probably season three right which is did they say march or april can't remember march or april for the start of season three um i think they'll want to have a soft relaunch there um mm. i don't know if they'll i doubt that they'll, they'll launch to tanker for that but they'll at least you know have new content out the door with a new weapon the new equipment you know there'll be like five or six or seven more maps in the game at that point um 
and then slam the new roadmap and, and forge will be out obviously slam the new roadmap down file share coming in two months to, to it's unannounced project coming end of the year with a in may uh you know e3 for, for uh for that game mode yeah yeah makes sense i'd imagine yeah just do it all yeah. in one big lump with everything else that the players are asking for yeah it's just seems silly to tease that sort of stuff now yeah that's fair that's fair okay final two stories then um one of them is comments regarding day one games into PlayStation Plus from the ex-president of um, Sony Entertainment Interactive. Um, he, he's the ex-president. He still works at Sony uh, uh, PlayStation, just in a different capacity. He's now the head of independent developer initiatives, but he used to be the president. Um, and what he said, paraphrasing, was that PlayStation Plus should be used to breathe new life into games rather than be day one launches. And Stray, the cat game, was immensely successful and I believe was PlayStation Plus's first day one game. Yeah. And he said that was an anomaly, you know, directly responding to, to that question. Okay. What do we think? What do I we mean... think about all of this funny business I mean, so they're still arguing against the fact that they believe that uh, day one launching into subscription services is is not a good idea. They're they're still in that trend. Uh, yes. I mean, it, it it really depends on the budget of the game. Like, I don't think Stray would have had the biggest budget ever. I think it had a like, you know, like it's not it's not as expensive to make as something like forbidden west or something like that you know it was oh yeah yeah it's 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 quite cheap in term well not cheap but you know what i mean and then yeah it's it was also kind of an oddball of a game so putting something like that into a subscription service is obviously going to do great because people are unsure about it it's not a massive budget game and that's why it performed so well um i still I mean, it, yeah, it really depends. It, it's their whole finance situation to the budget of the game. Because Sony are smaller than Xbox. Um, so, yeah, they just have to weigh up the costs um, that it took to make the game um, in relation to, you know, how much they're looking to make on it, basically. That's what it always comes yeah. down to when you want to put something like that into a subscription service. So Stray was just a safe bet. I don't think Stray was an anomaly. I just think Stray works in, in that regard where something like... Well, I say something like God of War wouldn't. God of War still would, but it wouldn't... I don't think you'd make as much for them in terms of profit as if they were to sell it at £70 a pop. That's right. That's all. And I think that's... Yeah, that's right. It just, I guess that's kind of the give and take of Game Pass. And, you know, you can make the argument that Xbox is bigger so they can afford to do this. But I think a subscription service ultimately is still something you use to generate money for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, the give and take of Game Pass for them is that they get consistent revenue from us on a monthly basis. Yeah. The, the, the give is that we get to have those day one games. And that's yeah. consistent. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, you know, if 10 million people play a Game Pass game in the first week, 
rather than buying 10 million copies in the first like yes obviously that's going to generate less revenue but it's not really about that um you know all of my all of the comments that sony seems to say about playstation plus really just show to me that this is just a response to a, a, a perceptive response to game pass rather than a meaningful product like i i don't know um because they've had some good games in it you know like they, they've they got Deathloop on it this month and they've had some other good stuff stray looked pretty cool um the roller roller drone roller dome yeah was i think day one as well but you know if we flip the flip the script for a second here tm many of us to the viewers and listeners as well um if if tomorrow phil came out and said look we can't sustain day one releases anymore um we'll aim to get our first party releases uh, and third party releases onto game pass within three or six months after launch would that affect your position on you know the perception uh, like would, uh, would would you think about unsubscribing some months or, or at all if that was the case uh yeah i think i would yeah i think i definitely rethink my uh just having it subscribed all year round um like i currently mm. do um yeah i would just sort of sign up and and cancel as and when i know releases are coming out and when they're coming out um yeah 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 absolutely i would so you know it just it just we've always spoken like, about this it just seems like Sony always look at it from like a short term perspective rather than they, it's like they see every game made and sold as like just a pile of money. And they want that pile of money now rather than over a longer period of time where they might make some losses to start with, but then, you know, it's, it's passive income that's going to increase and, and, you know, ramp up, but they always see it very short term, I think money now gimme gimme yeah. you know i've always felt that way about sony as well i do they're, they're quite anti-consumer in that way sometimes um and have been for for quite some time yeah i mean there's definitely not much there's, there's a lot of negative uh, sort of pr around playstation at the moment and and sort of what they've been up to um but you know i mean shuhei yoshida who, who was uh, the person in question um is like one of the people at PlayStation who is like really has always been, he's kind of been the fill of PlayStation. He's very like plays a lot of games. He speaks passionately about games a lot of the time. So this kind of surprises me. Um, but I guess this is just the business model that PlayStation has, has taken and they aren't wrong. They're definitely right that these subscription services can be used to breathe life into older games for sure. Like game pass has been so good for my backlog and for getting me to play games not because they're old, but because of the discoverability. And I just feel like they, they haven't spoken about that. That's not the angle they're taking. Like whenever Phil gets a microphone in front of him, he's like, you're going to play something you maybe wouldn't have played. And that's the entire point. Like, you know, we want a variety of games. And like, he's so right. Like Nier Automata is one of the few I point to that I was like, wow, what an incredible game. I would never have bought that in a million years. It's not really about breathing life into it. It's more that I have that option. And of yeah. course, these aren't day one games. So, you know, this point really could be fluff. It's it's more just the angle and the philosophy that PlayStation has towards PlayStation service, which is like, you know, <clears throat> you can play old games, but now for a good price, rather than we're going to give you the tools to explore what you might like to play. And, it, you know, in an increasingly competitive and costly 
uh, um, uh, hobby, basically. Um, so yeah, just thought it was a bit funny. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. But you know, Sony have been chasing their tails with a bit uh, with this for a while now. You know, saying that they won't put games on PC, but now they are, and you know, then saying that might come to games might come to PC down the road, and that that window is narrowing, right? You know, between a first party yeah. launch and then going to PC, and when it was really so, so we'll see. You know, maybe they will find themselves having to compete with that, and I think that's going to be great for everyone. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Oh. Okay, Timmy, final story. What everyone's here for, um, which was Satya Nadella getting a bit spicy, getting a bit spicy about the acquisition. Okay. Um. He sat down with Bloomberg and he spoke about, he had a, a brief segment about the acquisition. Um, and he said um, a number of things. He said, you know, he, he felt confident about the deal um, to quote uh, any acquisition of this size will go through scrutiny, but we feel very, very confident that will come out. Um, and we're, we're focused on ensuring that our customers are able to do more with less and we're going to be more deliberate. However, the, the central, focus of the interview is that he said uh, Sony have acquired three studios even just in this period and therefore if this is about competition let us have competition and he said that with a really cheeky little grin on his face little cheeky boy um, and it doesn't stop surprising me how funny it is that CEOs are getting involved and like bringing this into the public domain, right? Mm, <laughs> like, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it weird? It's kind of weird, yeah. But I mean, at least he, he has like a competitive mindset about it. At least he's, you know, like he's saying, like we're buying studios, you know, if they want competitiveness, then let's let's go for it, right? Like, I think, I think that's mm -hmm. a better way to think of the whole thing rather than acting like a wounded puppy and asking for the deal mm -hmm. not to be put through please <laughs> you know pretty please yeah, yeah, yeah. with the cherry right. on top so yeah, <laughs> you can give some respect for that definitely <clears throat> yeah I, I mean so i suppose that like the contention like really the talking point here you know beside just haha satya satya haha funny funny you know saying funny thing is um that when he references sony uh, making three acquisitions even in this period um can't remember but one of them's bungee is it fire sprite i can't remember the other ones sorry um but the, the question really is is this competition on the same scale you know is, is it really um and that's kind of where we are with, with the, you know in terms of the online debates and the the constant windmill of twitter arguments uh mm. Is is it really the same competition? I mean, what like, do, what do you think's fair or not fair here? Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely is not on the same um, wavelength, right? I mean, it, it, in comparison, I think it's it, it's pretty small um, compared to the whole Blizzard uh, Activision deal. Um, <coughs> but then, you know, Bungie and Destiny, you know, it's pretty big. Right, you know, it's it, it's yeah. definitely nothing to uh, shake a stick at. So, um, yeah, I, d I don't know really. Yeah, it's I don't know because he said um, as part of this as well. He said that you know, depending on how you look at the numbers, we're fourth or fifth 
um you know like as, as a publisher or as a as a mm. hardware manufacturer you know we're we're far from being the leading um uh, the leading entity in in the in the market and, and therefore you know is it really such a big deal that they get a step up to to get involved um super complicated question and we don't really need to go back into should they or shouldn't they acquire this but it's it's more just funny um funny and kind of insightful i think that sati is getting in front of this himself um so we'll see kind of how this all pans out and if he, if he will as well if he'll continue to be involved in this uh, on a pr level um or i can see tim's just a bit busy that's fine so we'll just continue uh we really we're coming towards the end anyway we're kind of wrapping up um so i'd be interested to hear thoughts from anyone um around any of these things and once again if you've stuck throughout stuck here throughout the show um if you're listening on any of your favorite podcasts platforms so give us a quick review give us some feedback as well reach out to us in the live chat um, which we try to do every sunday though we have been a bit consistent uh, inconsistent recently so apologies about that um yeah tim i was just wrapping up um, oh yeah i'm back is, sorry uh, yeah that's right um so I, was, I was just wrapping up um okay cool so um i, I don't have anything else to add so i we, we, we'll just have to go without the jingle today um we'll have to save that for next week because um, oh, it is a wonderful jingle <laughs> yeah that's okay yeah, we'll just we'll just try <laughs> with it as normal next week and we'll outro we promise yeah yeah if you ask nicely um okay everyone well thanks for coming today um sorry we had to do this on a monday but um hopefully uh, we'll catch you all uh next sunday yes yeah we should be back to normal next sunday so yeah see you then See you then, friendos. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.